Welcome to Her Take, a podcast by three best friends sharing their take on just about anything. I'm Jen. I'm Kira. And I'm Jackie. Thanks for joining us. Let's get into it. Jen here, and I'm joined again by my lovely co-hosts, Jackie and Kira, for another episode of Her Take. It is episode 76, which is kind of crazy, which I think we say every week, but... Yeah, we definitely do, but that's all right. We're on the road to 100, so stick with it. If you haven't, we have 75 other episodes that you can listen to, which... I'm sure it would be a hoot because if you listen to episodes that we recorded like a year ago talking about COVID for the first time, those <laughs> didn't age well. But anyway, we're very excited for you guys to join us for another episode this week. Sorry we weren't here last week. You know, it's just hard sometimes coordinating schedules and it was Kira's birthday. So I want to give Kira a happy belated birthday shout out because um, Kira had an exam. She wanted to celebrate her birthday. Jackie and I, our schedules just didn't line up. So, you know, we took the week off, but we're back and better than ever. Kira is another year older. Welcome to 25. Welcome to the quarter life crisis. (laughs) It's only going downhill from here, but (laughs) no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But we have an exciting episode here today. Lots of topics to cover. Some a little bit more serious, some a little bit more fun, but We're very excited for all of you to join us, and we're hoping you're having a good start to your week. And if not, maybe this is the thing that you need to start off your week on the right foot. But before we dive into our topics, we're going to do our weekly check-in, where we just kind of talk about what's been going on in our lives, how we're doing, how we're feeling. So I will turn it over to Jackie to start us off. Jackie, how has your week been? Yeah, you know, it's been another wild, crazy week being in my mid-20s. Yesterday, I cleaned the tile grout in my kitchen. Riveting. I did that for, uh, oh, sorry, if you hear Skipper, a little his little jingle. Um, I cleaned that for, like, I mean, somewhere along the lines of, like, four hours, just, like, scrubbing the tile grout. Incredibly satisfying. I feel like that's how I know I'm old. I'm like, oh, I was watching these videos of people cleaning their tile grout because I wanted like a recipe for the for the detergent or whatever. And I was like, that looks so satisfying. And I feel like that's how I know I'm getting old. And it was great. The floor is gleaming. Um, Wow. It took me a while, but it was so satisfying. So, I mean, I don't know if anyone can beat that because that was about (laughs) as crazy as things got this week. My mom also got vaccinated last Monday, so it's very exciting. She got her first shot of the Moderna shot, Um, and she's feeling good. No big side effects. I think she felt like she had a little bit of a cold the day after, but other than that, feeling good. Mm. Glad to hear it. I hear after the second shot is typically when people kind of start to feel COVID-y symptoms, um, but fingers crossed that's not the case, and I'm glad yeah. that she's on the road to vaccine, vaccination. Yeah. My mm-hmm. dad got the Pfizer, and he had both shots, and he had no side effects, and he's 72 and has... I think apparently it's more younger people. Oh, interesting. Um, that's what I've heard, but I think it's really just, like, person. it depends. Like, I know people yeah. who have had absolutely nothing, and then people who have been really sick, so... Yeah. Just depends. 
Yeah, so fingers But it's crossed. a good thing if you're getting sick. It means it's working, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I saw a TikTok. This is, like, so stupid. But it was, like, your child's name is your birth control and then which uh, vaccine you got. So it'd be, like, <laughs> <laughs> Lomedia Johnson or something like that. I love that. that. <laughs> Vienva Pfizer. <laughs> that's funny. Hoping for the best, Moderna. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. That's funny. Well, Jackie, happy to hear that your mother is almost fully vaccinated. Yeah. Can't wait for all of our parents to be fully vaccinated. Can't wait for us to be vaccinated, too. I'm counting down the days to May 1st. I'm putting that big date on my calendar. <laughs> Hit me with that Johnson & Johnson. All right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, wow. We're almost there. Well, thank you for sharing. Sounds like you had a very wild week. Um, crazy, crazy time. You got a little crazy bit of times. a snooky hairdo going on right now. I do. That's all I, I can do. think about. Yes. The little, I have like the top the third puff. of my hair. Like, You're very like up. 2013. Bring it Whoa. back. Oh, yikes. Like 2010, actually. What am I saying? 2013 yeah, is a little like beyond definitely. Jersey Shore. Yeah, yeah, I've been like rocking this look. I just kind of feel like, I don't know. There's just something about it. I'm liking it. You know how... um. I think I'm going to bring this back. You know how, like, Gen Z says that skinny jeans are out and that the middle part is what you have yes. to do? I'm going to go against all of their guidance. I'm going to start wearing skinny jeans. I'm going to wear my hair in this classic poof that we all did in middle school. So I'm bringing back all of those things. Also, wow. why is Gen Z saying that? I don't – I feel like we we say that. We've been doing – the middle part is, like, the older I look generation. terrible with the middle part. My face looks round as hell with the middle part. It's I just fine. look so weird. I do know that there were people in my college and, you know, I'm, I don't think this is an offensive term, but like the term Jap, like Jewish American princess, like those mm, It people, depends what context. Yeah, I feel yeah, like it can be offensive, were, but yeah. Yeah, were like, you know, identified as like more Jappy. I feel like they wore middle parts throughout college and they were the ones wearing straight leg jeans. But maybe they were just ahead of the trend because now Gen Z is saying that's in. So, you know, I'm not too mad about the straight leg jean. I think I'm just still trying to figure out, like, the shoe situation because it's sometimes hard to wear boots with those. um, Yeah. Unless they're, like, cropped um, above the ankle. So still but then if you have that. the ankle space, I feel like I look stupid yes. when my pants, like when you sit down and you can see the skin, your skin or the socks, I'm like, I just look stupid. Like I look dumb that my pants aren't long enough. Yeah. Well, I don't mind I the crop that. look, but when it's cold, you can't really do that. It's not practical. Right. Yeah. So got to figure that out. That's. Still- I have a middle part and I'm currently wearing cropped jeans. So... <laughs> Kira is trendy. <laughs> yeah, but the middle part to me is like where I'm really struggling. I tried to wear my the hair middle part middle like part works yesterday. for my hair, but I understand that it doesn't work for your hair. I've yeah. also been doing the middle part for years, so. But you look great with the middle part. I it works do not. Part, it works for this these... like this look. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you have to like kind of look like someone like me. Yeah. It doesn't work for Jen's hair. It doesn't work for Jackie's hair. It's very. Um, exclusive. It's really not a well, welcoming trend. Well, I was just going to say, like, everyone that's saying you have to wear a middle part, I'm like, obviously you all have naturally straight hair right. because if you have curly hair, and I have curly hair, but I don't wear it curly, I wear it blow-dried, but if you have curly hair, the middle part can eliminate a lot of volume and can look a little funny depending on how you style it. And there's a reason why, like, a lot of curly girls wear a side part because it accentuates or it helps with volume and, and other things that I'm, you know, I can't explain fully. But 
I mean, it's more com- it's complicated. Mm-hmm. It's not it's very it's, complicated. It's, it's a complex issue, and yeah. we have to talk about it. Don't yeah. follow the trends, you know? Yeah. It's boring. Yeah. I like the look when people have the curtain bangs and then they wear their hair styled curly. But, like, curly like my hair, it looks, at least on me, I'm not a fan. I did try it yesterday. Um, also, I just felt like my hair frizzed up a lot quicker than it normally does. So we don't need that in my life. I don't know. I have been wearing my hair side parted since eighth grade. Eighth grade. So my hair is just permanently, like, side parted at this point. Yeah. And I remember someone saying to me that I should consider wearing my hair side parted. Because I used to wear headbands, I think. Mm. Granted, I was in middle school. I remember so, like, that phase. Yeah. Like, you used to wear a white those, headband like, all the time. headbands that would, like, yeah. like a blue, slightly... You used to wear blue tracksuits. I'm sorry. We're all talking over yeah. each other. But Jenny used to wear, like, a white headband with a blue tracksuit. I feel like I have a very distinct memory yeah. of this. That was, like, more probably in elementary school but yes I had like the thick headbands and the track suits and then I think once I got to middle school I would wear thin headbands but like I would scrunch my hair I don't know it was like not really a cute look but maybe that was the style at the time but I remember somebody like I don't know if it was my hairdresser or a friend at the time like told me I should wear my hair side parted and I'm not even kidding 14 year old Jen's life was changed when my hair started like being styled side parted and I haven't like digressed from that since so now I'm trying to middle part I don't know I gotta figure it out but I'm just trying to keep up with the trends but it's not a good look on me I just look weird I don't know I don't know I don't know why Gen Z is dictating the trends again I feel like they didn't do this but that's Besides the point, I guess. I feel like that's the middle part is like an Twitter older generation said. thing. Yeah. Like that's yeah. been chic for a while. Yeah. But. I also think the straight leg jeans have been in for like a year. Like I've been wearing these for a while. Mm-hmm. I think it's more yeah. that the skinny jeans are out. Like now I feel like I can't wear them. Right. Yeah. If I The only ones I'll wear are black skinny jeans. Everything yes. else just like doesn't look good anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, that was deep. Yeah. For some parts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Deep discussions here. How do you part your hair, everybody? Yeah. Y'all let us let know us how know. you're coping with this <laughs> this revolution in the fashion. This industry. exclusive trend. You know, we're at her take podcast on Instagram, at her take pod on Twitter. Let us know. Let us know how you're dealing. Anywho, Kira, happy belated birthday again. How are you doing? Thank you. Thanks. I'm good. I uh, not much to update on, to be honest. I just had some exams the past like two weeks, so that was kind of all I was really doing. So I'm just tired. Well, I'm okay now. I, I slept better this weekend, but uh, what's it called? Daylight savings definitely hit hard, but definitely enjoyed the longer days and the uh, sunnier evenings. So yeah, that's kind of it. My birthday was nice. Thanks for stopping by and bringing delicious cupcakes and wine and a candle. Yay! So nice. I got gifts from all over. It was very, very lovely. Um, yeah, that's Welcome all. Welcome to yeah. 25, man. Thank I you. Know. As we pulled up to Kira's house, she was also getting a flower delivery from someone else. So I know. Kind of funny. A secret yeah. admirer. A secret admirer. I yeah. was literally Aimed like, I have a boyfriend. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the flower right. was so elaborate. I was like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> it was just my it was a friend. So technically, yeah, I do have a boyfriend, but <laughs> it was not a boy. So lovely, so lovely. And I think, you know, we're trying to scheme like 
you know, a broader birthday celebration because Kira's birthday was recently. Our friend's birthday is coming up and she's going to be home. So, March so many babies. birthdays in March. Yeah. So many birthdays in March. And with so the weather nice. getting The nice. weather is just making me so happy that I really do just want to like sit outside in the sun and yeah. get that vitamin D. So, yeah. mm-hmm. very into it. Yes. I'm definitely excited for warmer weather. I'm excited to start safely socializing more mm-hmm. and excited that you're on the 25 train now. Jackie, it's going to come in you, soon. Hit you in a blink Stay of an tuned. eye. I'm looking forward to it. Coming Hopefully to I a can theater be, near you. Get me vaccinated for my 25th birthday. That's all I want this Aww, year. Cute. All I yeah. want for my birthday it's, uh, is <laughs> I'd like to get the double shot. I, I ideally but I'll, I'll take the Johnson and Johnson I just want to be like extra secure but yeah you know I'll, I'll take what I can get I was sort of actually just discussing this with our friend who's in med school and uh something that she said was they have been finding that younger people who just get one dose of I think just the Pfizer they've been studying but just the one dose is like pretty effective for younger people so now they're kind of like Oh, should we be giving younger people the second shot? So hey, I'll take just one dose of the Pfizer, whatever. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. But, but then that's the same as Johnson and Johnson. Yeah, the you thing know? is, like, is the level of effectiveness because like Johnson and Johnson is in the seventies, and then the Pfizer and Moderna are in the nineties. Is that ninety percent effectiveness like coupled with the second dose? Yes. Yeah, th- I think the first dose oh, is like sixty-five percent or mm-hmm. something. Oh, interesting. Around, yeah. Oh, then yeah, yeah. So it's that's what I mean. Like huh. it's like the same as the Johnson and Johnson yes. at that point. I, see. I sort of Got see it, it like you know, if I get COVID, which I hope I don't, but if I do, it's highly unlikely that I would be, um, that I would have a severe case. So like, you know, if I get the vaccine, that's slightly less effective, I'm sure that's fine. And it's really like to diminish the severity if you were to contract COVID, but also it does a pretty good job of preventing you from getting COVID in the first place. But Mm -hmm. I just want to get vaccinated more so for the safety of like my family members. Like I just don't want to spread it to anybody else. Right. And y'all, I'm already, again, like, getting invitations for gatherings. And I feel like I'm being put in, like, a tough spot. Like Literally so rude to invite me. I find it so rude. I'm like, do not invite me places. Yeah, it's tough. Like, I we just got an invitation for my cousin's baby shower. And they've been very careful. Like, they really haven't seen anybody other than, like, their immediate family. Like, they've been trying to, like, keep it in a bubble. And, um... Like, my cousin's having a baby in June, so the uh, baby shower's in May. Like, you can't really postpone the baby, but, yeah, they're having the baby shower. And I feel like at that point, you should be able to do some sort of outside stuff, but um, looks like it's going to be inside. So my mom is going because my mom is going to be fully vaccinated, but I'm more concerned because, sure, I could go and, like, if I get COVID, like, I'll just stay home and, like, not come back to my apartment, whatever. But I also, like, don't want to go and potentially spread it to another family member at this baby shower. So, again, yeah. in a tough position. And I don't know why we're doing these things. I agree. Yeah. My neighbors just went to a wedding. They were telling us. We were chatting, like, from across the street. And they – I think they did, like, rapid testing or something at the wedding. And I was like, I feel like if you got to do that, like, maybe just – I don't know. Postpone the wedding. I don't know. Because yeah. <laughs> it was indoors. Right. And yeah. so it was like, I'm like, maybe wait like another 
two months. Yeah. Things will be better, hopefully. It's or you tough. can do it outside, yeah. Yeah. yeah, or yeah, wait until you can do it outside because that's yeah. the safest of, of those options. So, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, on that anyway. note, <laughs> um, well, thanks for sharing, Kira, how your week has been going. Thanks. I was like, I don't even remember where we are. Did you do your? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, where are we? I have nothing to update. My week's been pretty chill and I have been trying to enjoy the nice weather. I hung out with um, some of our friends who are also in the city yesterday. We just like sat in the park and ate bagels and dog watched. It was amazing. I, I felt like it. a dog show. and We were just kind of like rating all the dogs that like went by and pretty sure all of them <laughs> got a 10 out of 10, but <laughs> it was lovely. And I'm looking forward to more days like that. I really love the spring. I feel like the spring doesn't get as much love as it should. I love the spring too. Every time the spring comes around, I'm like, is this my favorite season? I feel the same way. It flirts with me a lot, you know? Yeah. I'm like, ooh, spring. It's tough because fall is so great. Like, fall is just such a vibe. I just like those, like, in-between seasons, like, when things change. I love when things start to bloom and Mm -hmm. the temperature is perfect. I like it. What I love about spring is I definitely have seasonal depression, as I'm sure many people do, but... When spring rolls around, I suddenly feel so much more alive and, like, happy and mm-hmm. optimistic and hopeful. And especially now with COVID, like, people are getting vaccinated. I feel like we could actually, like, socialize outside and things like that. Um, so I'm feeling extra hopeful, extra optimistic, extra happy. And, you know, I feel that way every spring. But it's definitely – I don't know. It might be my favorite season. It's tough. It's tough to say. I just love that feeling. Anyway, on that note, I think now is a good time to transition into our topics of the week. No said topic this week, but there's just been a lot going on in the news and a lot that we want to cover. Um, You know, there's been a rise in hate crimes against Asian Americans. And just this past week, unfortunately, there was a shooting in which um, eight of the victims, or I'm sorry, six out of the eight of the victims were Asian American. So, um, you know, we just want to talk about that briefly. In addition, um, there's been a lot of news around a woman who was murdered on her way home in London, and just like a lot of press about how we're framing this as a woman's issue, and really it's a man's issue. And this is just something within our society that we need to figure out. And of course, we kind of want to talk about the Meghan and Harry interview, which we did talk about last time, but it was before it aired. And y'all, we have a lot of thoughts here. And of course, the Bachelor finale, which is just a lot to unpack. So to kick us off, I'm going to turn it over to Kira to talk a little bit more about um, the hate crimes against Asians. So Kira, over to you. Yeah, just wanted to, obviously, everybody's been, you know, seeing this in the news so we all kind of know what's been going on but um this past week a man uh killed eight people at three spas around atlanta and six of those people were women of asian descent so i just wanted to highlight the victims and something i did want a friend of mine had pointed this out on social media um there's a lot of like the asian american community which can be um kind of secludes them from just like the Asian community like not all these people might not be Asian Americans so just 
something that I hadn't really thought of, like didn't mean to be exclusive to Mm -hmm. uh, immigrants. But um, yeah, so I'm going to try to pronounce the names as correctly as possible. I did try to do some research, but the Chinese names in particular are challenging for me. So if anybody um, is able to correct me, please do. I would love to be corrected. Um, But the victims are are Soon Chung Park, Hyun Chung Grant, Soon Cha Kim, Yong A. Yu, Zhao Jie Tan, Dao Yo Feng, Delena Ashley Yan, and Paul Andre Michaels. Um, And we will share in our description resources for everybody to donate if you're able to. Um, There are GoFundMes for victims' families. I did see, I believe it was Suncha Kim, her two sons. They're quite young. They're younger than us. I think um, we're talking about Randy Park. He's the one who started the GoFundMe. Mm. Um, it, him and his brother. Oh, so is it Soon Chung Park, not Soon Cha Kim? Okay. Well, I. Oh, sorry. Maybe we're. Con- sorry. I'm. Apologies if I'm confusing the names. Just there is a GoFundMe created by Randy Park, mm. one of the sons of the victim. Him and his brother are both under the age of. I think 21. that's what I saw too. Yeah, they're like they yeah. just graduated high school. It was really sad. Yeah, graduated high school and college, and it was just so heart wrenching to hear like, as if their deaths weren't awful enough. You have to think about how catastrophic their deaths might be for family because in her Mm -hmm. case she was a single mother who Mm -hmm. was the main breadwinner for the family and he was like in his gofundme post he was asking just for twenty thousand dollars and he was like i just need to pay rent this month he was like i just need to survive bury my mother and and pay rent and it was really really awful to read um unfortunately it seems like Last time I checked, over two and a half million dollars have been raised for them oh, wow. and their other GoFundMes. Yeah, um, there are other GoFundMes available, um, so we'll put those in the description of this episode. But I think if you can donate, then I, you know, encourage because I think a lot of these people are immigrants and life is already hard in this country. Mm-hmm. And you, there, and it just like the the effects of, of this attack and what happened is just more than we can comprehend and any way that we can help the families, if we can sort of help with that financial burden to, to eliminate that, it makes things just that much easier for them mm-hmm. to try and cope. And he, he said in his post, Randy Park, he was like, I don't have time to grieve. Like I don't, I can't grieve right now. Like I have to, I have to give my brother a place to live. Like we need to, mm-hmm be financially stable he was like i don't have any time to grieve which really broke my heart because he deserves the time to grieve right um also the news so, cycle will move on and these poor families are still left without their yeah. loved ones that's mm-hmm. sad i was thinking yeah. about that this week is like people will be talking about that for the week and then you know these people like literally lost their mom right yeah i um, mean in addition it's one, a reminder that gun reform is still an issue in America that yeah. is not being resolved. And these continue to happen, these shootings. And uh, he bought the know, gun that day. Yeah. Wow. And yet in some of these southern states, you have to wait 24 hours before you decide to get an abortion. But not 24 hours if you before, decide to you buy want a, to gun. Get a gun. Yeah. 
You can't yes. register to vote the same day. But you can buy a gun. Yeah. <laughs> Astounding to me. And I, again, want to reiterate, like, I don't know what it's going to take for this to be resolved. And I think one thing that we can do, in addition to donating, in addition to sharing resources, is also, you know, pressing our representatives to freaking do something about this. Like, I don't, it's been years since Sandy Hook, since several other shootings. And it seems like things have dwindled with COVID. But, you know, as we start to reopen, things are going back to normal. Uh, Like, is this just going to ramp up again? So let's put pressure on our representatives because this can't continue happening because it enables hate crimes to be acted upon. So that's something else I wanted to mention. Let's put pressure on our representatives to not use racist and insightful language such as Chinese coronavirus, China virus, Kung flu, which is like something that elected officials use. And there was a hearing this week that was planned anyway that would have happened even if these attacks hadn't happened. And I'll include like links to an article about this. I don't remember the senator's name or the representative's name, but basically just like not apologizing and not regretting or being remorseful for using that kind of language. And it's like people died. And so at what point do you say, Hey, maybe I shouldn't have done that. And I'd like to apologize. Right. Um, And just refusing to, to, to concede the fact like, okay, maybe that wasn't the appropriate thing to use and not viewing it as racist and not viewing it as harmful. And it's like, and like to what extent, like what, what does it take? I'm not sure, but it's just like really frustrating. Yeah. I feel Um, like the argument that's been made is, oh, well it was called the Spanish flu. And it's like, yeah, I'm like, well that was a hundred years ago. So hopefully we learned something. Yeah. But in addition, it wasn't from Spain. It was mistitled. It was misnamed. But in addition, it's like, this didn't start off as the Chinese virus. This started off as coronavirus, you know, since evolved to COVID-19 whatever you want to call it. It's not like people were calling it this first. It's Trump and his cronies started calling it that because I guess they want to put pressure and blame on China and deflect blame for themselves as to how horribly they've handled this pandemic. But they want to deflect blame to China, but the effects are having, you know, the consequences is, the consequences are it's affecting Asian people in this country. So, like, you're not really protecting your own either. And I don't know, we can go off on a rant. But again, like, what is it going to take for people to take some accountability in this country? And by people, I mean our representatives. And it's disheartening. So I also just can't imagine, like, being scared to, like, go outside now because of how you look. Yeah, I mean, that's like, that has to be white so... privilege. Like, I never have to think about that. I mean, I have to think about I mean, I do my think about it, as a speaking woman. of Sarah Everard. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but I don't think about it, like, in the sense of my face. Yeah. I mean, it's terrible. It really is. Um, but, yeah, I, I that's a perfect transition into our next topic, yeah. which is about Sarah Everard. Um, she was a woman who lived in... The UK. I'm actually not entirely sure. In London. London. She lived in London. Yeah. That's what I thought. But, you know, I didn't want to. South London. Yeah. Yeah. So she lived in London, was walking home, apparently was wearing bright colored clothing, whatever. And 
you know, she was murdered on her way home. And I think what this incident really shed light on was, you know, a woman can do everything right, quote unquote, you know, take alternate paths home, wear bright clothing, etc, etc. But at the end of the day, a woman shouldn't feel unsafe walking home alone. And it's always a woman's issue. Like, what can women do to make sure that they're safe? You know, can we walk alternate routes? You know, calling our friends, sharing our location, etc. The three of us are women, so I feel like we all have experienced what it feels like to feel like a little unsafe when you're walking by yourself, especially at night, feeling like you can't have your headphones in, things of that sort. But it's not framed as a men's issue. And I think in recent years, it is starting to become framed as a man's issue. But really, this um, unfortunate event has sparked a lot of conversation about, you know, a woman can do everything right, and she'll still get murdered. So let's start teaching men that they shouldn't be catcalling women when they're walking home because it makes them feel uncomfortable. I mean, I get catcalled in like daylight. Like yesterday, I was walking home from Trader Joe's with my mask on. I'm sweaty because it's hot out and I was wearing a sweater. And I like some man was like, hey, beautiful, how you doing today? I'm like, just, just don't talk to me, you know? And right. regardless, like, obviously, this is a worse situation. She was murdered and apparently was murdered by somebody who is a on their police, police force. By a, yeah, police officer. Which is even more troubling because these are people who are supposed to keep you safe. But I feel like all too often the story is, oh, well, there's always going to be bad people in the world. Um, but it's on women to protect ourselves when really it should be on everybody to protect women. And bless you. And really it's really it's about why are men being conditioned and raised to think that it's okay to harass a woman to abduct a woman, to murder a woman who is walking home alone. Yeah. And so that's really what the the conversation has been about. And I, again, just want to reiterate, like, I, like, the three of us grew up in a relatively safe neighborhood. And I think all of us have lived in cities at this point of our lives. But still, even walking home alone in our safe little suburbia at night, like, I still don't feel 100% safe, and that's just what it's like to be a woman, and it, it's unfortunate. I I hope for a world where that's not the case, but I unfortunately don't have hope that that will actually happen. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I've been getting catcalled since I was, like, 13, which is, like, troubling yeah. on many levels because I was very much a minor, but... That's, I mean, that's a whole other issue to unpack. Um, I mean, I think her, it's so, I think what has really captivated people by her tragic kidnapping and death is that, like, she was, I felt like so many people viewed themselves as her. Like, so yep. many people have been walking home at night. It wasn't even that late, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It was no, like none of that matters. Yeah. It was at 9.30. It doesn't matter, right? But so many of us have walked home at night by ourselves in a safe area, what we consider to be a safe area on a busy road. So many of us have been in those situations. I've walked home from, like, 
when I lived in the city at two in the morning, like by myself, like I've walked at all different hours of the night, whatever. And so, so many of us saw ourselves in her position and it's like, what, like why, why, why her? Like, why did it happen to her? And, and there's no, there's no, obviously there's no way to, there's nothing, there's no way to explain it, Mm -hmm. but it happened. And it's like, how do we stop it from happening again? And it's like, I am tired of living my life where I'm like, oh, I should carry mace or, like, my self-defense blade. Like, before I started college, my sister literally got me a self-defense blade that I could stick between my knuckles and stab someone if I needed to. And it's like, that's the world that women live in. And we're, we're tired and we're frustrated. And it's like, how many women have to die before men take accountability to be like, how do we change our behavior? How do we change the thinking and the thought process of others so that they don't do something like this. Like, I don't know. I don't know. But it's really frustrating. And the protests that happened or the arrests that happened at her vigil is just, like, disgusting because police were arresting women that were there to honor her memory. And it's like, like, how much the police, a police officer already killed her. Like, how much, what else would you like to do now? Would you like to arrest mm-hmm. the women that are trying to honor her memory? Like, I don't know. Arrest your own. Uh, like, yeah, like know. literally fucking teach your own to not murder women. No, it's um, been horrible. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say, yeah, it's interesting because I was trying to think of like, like, this has been very global. The whole world seems to be talking about this. And I was like, it's just interesting that this case is the one that has really gone kind of viral. And maybe that's an yeah. insensitive word. But, like, women get murdered often get and murdered we often. don't talk about it. Um, I think, and my dad was like, I feel like part of it is because it was a police officer. So it is, like, someone that you're supposed to feel safe around. Um, and it was because she was, you know, she's not drunk. She was wearing, like, very unattractive clothes, in my opinion. Like, she wasn't, like, out late at night partying or something. Like, she was wearing, like, workout clothes. Um, so it's just, I guess that's how people can relate to it she in was, that sense. I think she was viewed as, like, a blameless victim, which is, but, like, like that, never, that to me is, like, they're always victims. blameless. Yeah, they're like, always blameless, always, but... In she the in lens particular. that we, yeah, in the lens that like we always look for something to blame the victim on, there's nothing that they can blame her for. And so I think like because she happened to be like a beautiful young woman, this happened in the UK, which has like a relatively low crime rate, violent mm-hmm. crime. How many shootings does the UK have every year? They're minuscule. Um, so I think given that as well, um, it. I think that's why it's captured the national and then international right. audience that it has. Obviously, it's something um, like important to talk about, and like Jackie talking about the self defense. I had a self defense blade. Yeah, blade. I remember being like young, and my cousin telling me to put keys in between my fingers if I ever needed to. Right. When I'm walking home a- after school, like in middle school or high school. And it's weird because it's just in the moment you're like, okay, yeah. Like, we're so accustomed to it. And I say certain things to, like, my parents or my brother. And they're like, what? I don't think like that. And I'm like, I always think like that because I have to be aware of this stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've all had conversations like this. Like, I was talking to my roommate. And when I was seeing this guy, like, he lives 10 blocks away from me. And I have to go, like, to the left of my apartment to get to his 
And to the left of my apartment, like I live in a pretty safe area, but for whatever reason, to the left of my apartment is a church, uh, a parking lot, and then like this curry place, which looks weird. Like it, it just looks sketchy. Like I would not buy food from that place. But it, my roommate kind of described it as no man's land. And she's like, you know, the rest of the city, the rest of the area is fine. But she's like, for whatever reason, that like two thirds of our block is just no man's land. And she's like, I never walk that way. She's like, I always walk down this street or this street. But she's like, you know, you do you, but I just wouldn't walk down that way. And that's just like a conversation that women have with each other. So like I started taking Mm -hmm. an alternate route to my apartment from this guy's apartment. I always left at like 1030 because I wouldn't want to walk any later than that. It's just like things that women do almost... Like, I don't give it a second thought. Yeah. Right. And men don't have to think like that, but I shouldn't have to think like that. Yeah. And it's terrible that even when you're living in safe locations, there's always that like, oh, well, if you walk this way, it's a little bit more lit. And if you're out at midnight, you're more likely to get kidnapped. Just things right. like that. And it shouldn't be the case. Um, and it shouldn't matter if I was wearing dark clothes or had been drinking or was alone or had headphones in. It shouldn't be happening in the first place. Thank you all for sharing. I know that this is an issue that we all feel passionately about as women because we've all sort of experienced some of this. And we'll continue to share updates regarding this case. Um, Yeah, the Sarah Everard case, I feel like I've, I've not seen a lot been updated. Like, I'm very curious to know more about the killer just in the sense like I don't mean to like give him a spotlight but in the sense of like what's up with him has he murdered other people because this to me seems like is this really like your first offense I don't don't think so like there has to be something else going on I want to know more about this guy I'm sure you don't go from no crime to murder yeah go yeah I'm sure there will be more um it's still sort of early days but I'm sure more will come out and we'll continue to cover it um, speaking of the UK, um, <laughs> the interview, y'all know what the I'm talking interview. about. The interview. The interview. Um, a lot came out in that interview. I know it's been almost two weeks now since it aired, but, um, we have some thoughts. I can start. I just want a blanket statement. I feel like a lot of people are shocked about what Megan and Harry said. I'm shocked that they said it on TV. I've been watching The Crown. We've been following (laughs) the royal family. I'm going to be honest. I'm not really shocked by anything that they said. And I've enjoyed the memes that have come out of this as well. Um, But just like so much. Were you silent or were you silenced? Yeah. (laughs) But like I, I sort of sit here and we know what happened to Diana. We know how the royal family is. They will do anything to protect their reputation. And, you know, ultimately the royal family is the epitome of white privilege. They colonized, like, half the world. I mean, they invented white privilege, you know what I mean? Like, literally invented it with colonialism. That's so real. Um, Exactly. So, I just, you know, some of the things that were said, it was shocking to hear it said out loud. But I'm not really all that surprised, to be honest. 
I agree. I don't think it was surprising. I think it was all stuff we knew and they just confirmed it. The only thing was her talking about her suicidal thoughts. That was not something that I necessarily knew. Also not mm-hmm. like shocking. It's understandable, but um, to have her talk openly about that, I mean, that has to be hard to talk about on television like that. Right. Um, I just found it sad, to be honest. Like, I'm sad for Harry. Like, it's sad for Megan, but at the end of the day, like, this is Harry's family. Yeah. I feel like it's easy mm-hmm. to forget because we watch The Crown and The Crown is, like, as if it takes place so long ago, in a sense. Like, Harry legit is a real human who, like, grew up in this family. His mom died traumatically at, what was he, like, 12 yeah. Like, he has gone through immense trauma and grown up in this weird world that literally none of us can understand, and now he's secluded from his family. Like, it's just kind of sad. Yeah. No, it is sad. One thing that struck a chord with me that they talked about was, obviously, this situation has a lot of parallels to what happened with Diana. You know, Diana was having all these mental health struggles the firm or the royal family, whatever we want to call it, knew about it. They did nothing. The same thing is happening to Megan. The difference here is with Diana, part of those issues were stemmed from Prince Charles and the fact that they just detested each other, quite honestly. They weren't in love. He was cheating on her. She then was cheating on him, etc. We all know the story. But in that instance, at least... And I don't want to make excuses, but, you know, they they obviously are going to side with Charles. And if Charles does, doesn't like Diana, then she's sort of an outsider. In this instance, you have Meghan and Harry as a team. So Harry is defending Meghan. He's saying, right. I need to do this for my wife, my son, you know, future children, whatever. And they're still not helping him or Meghan. Whereas at least before, it's like... Diana was perceived as like this antagonist and maybe they're perceiving Megan in the same way, but at least Megan and Harry have each other. And that's something that they mentioned, but they're still like turning on their own, which mm-hmm. to me is odd and concerning. Yeah. Um, I, go ahead. I, I think what kind of struck me, like I'm, so I thought the interview was really interesting um, I thought Oprah did a really great job. I thought they were both very eloquent, Megan and Harry. Mm, um, I sure. think the interview highlighted something for me that was like a big question. Like, I feel like Meghan Markle is such an asset to the royal family. Like, she is the most... This is what I said. She is oh a mixed race woman. Like, let's be real. She's like the most palatable version of a black woman that they could probably manage because she's half white. She, like, you know what I mean? Like, she's, she's white passing as well. Like, I mean, yeah. Not to, like, let's let's just, like, let's call it what it is, right? And so I'm like, this is a great opportunity for them to be like, look, us, we're so... Uh, accepting and inclusive and we're the we're the royal family but like we're we're the modern royal family we're cool cool. yeah and so something that was always interesting to me was like she's such an asset i feel like they would want to and like for their own purposes that are not like for her necessarily like that will benefit her but like for their own purposes they'd like want to use her as best as they can and so something that never um I never understood, or I, I couldn't, and I still can't understand, is, like, just, like, the blatant, like, 
prejudice, like the lack of caring and the racism that exists because like hearing those things, for me, hearing the thing where it's like, okay, Archie was never offered a title. Like he was denied a title. And then also concerns about how dark his skin would be. It's like, how do you explain those? Okay, it's like, okay, they may dispute. The royal family will dispute and deny that no one ever said, I'm worried about how dark he's going to be. They're going to do that. But the the fact of the title is is indisputable. He doesn't have a title. They took away Harry's titles. And they took away Harry's titles, and they took away the security. I don't see how they can explain that to me for that's a good reason that's like, other than like we're we're gonna pick on Meghan Markle for some reason, and like let's be mm-hmm. real, it's because she's black. Like I feel like sometimes it can be hard for, and I'm not I'm not trying to like not all white people, right? But like I feel like it can be hard for people that are not uh, a person of color to understand. Like sometimes you can just tell when somebody's like racist. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't put my finger on it, but like I, sir, you, I think you're probably racist. Like. Um, and like, whatever you're telling me and whatever is going on, like, I don't, I can't, I don't have a good, I don't, I can't explain why, but I think you're racist. And so like, you may say that my kid isn't going to get a title because of X, Y, and Z and because of whatever. I don't believe you. I'm pretty sure you're racist and you don't want to give my kid a title because he's black, black, not even black. This kid is like white as hell, but it doesn't matter. paler than I am. Yeah, (laughs) that doesn't matter, right? I mean, the point is, is like the... Her, his mom is like half black whatever that's that's good enough for them yeah um, they like but, didn't even try to be accepting and so yeah. i just yeah i think opinion. it's really interesting and very bizarre i don't know because I, I always thought that they chose not to give him a title which was like something that was like the biggest thing for me that came from this interview was like no they would have mm. given him a title he would have been his royal highness prince mm. whoever and it wasn't their decision because Princess Anne's kids don't have titles, but that's because she said no. Mm. Yeah. I I feel, to your earlier point, Jackie, about Meghan being an asset, that's easy for us to see that. Like, yeah. you think about how companies operate. Like, they want more diversity, right? Yeah. Um, they want diversity but, where you can see it. <laughs> yes, exactly. But in addition, you have to also... Think about how the royal family up until more recently in like modern times, they were marrying their own. Like it's all inbred. Like they want to keep the bloodlines pure. Even like William marrying Kate. Kate is like, you know, vanilla white bread, affluent family. Like the best option that um, if you're going to marry a commoner, she's your best option, right? Like best option. I put in quotations, but... And even that at the time was like, oh, wow, like they're not marrying another royal or someone with a title. She's not an aristocrat. Wow. Yeah. Well, when Charles got married to Diana, it was all like, oh, we need to find somebody who has a title and, um, you know, comes from this upper level of society and and is also a virgin. Yeah. Like those discussions aren't being had anymore. Megan is like a divorcee. Like this you know, years ago would never be able to happen, re-Princess Margaret, but, like, never would have been able to happen. So even this happening on its own is, like, you know, the bar is low, but even that, it's, like, wow. But then once you hear about the racist undertones, it's, like, to me, it's not surprising. My parents said the same thing. Like, wow, I'm kind of shocked that they let this happen, given how the royal family is. 
like, it's not surprising. I guess it's just surprising that they said it out loud, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah, when they announced that they were getting married, I remember thinking, she's a black, divorced American. Like, those are three things that the royal family would never let happen. And I was like, they are so reformed. Yeah. I thought problems were solved. I was like, oh, I thought we were over it. queen, yes, queen. I was queen. like, good job, Literally, royal yes, family. Queen. We did it. And I kind of sat there and thought, they probably don't care as much because... Harry He's is not going to be king. Exactly. Why do you if care? If this was like, William, I'm, I honestly think this would be a lot worse. Yeah. If this were William, it would never have happened. Exactly. He would never be allowed to marry a black divorced American for sure. So I don't know why they had to be so stubborn about it. Something that struck me, because I felt this watching this unfold the past few years, Megan did nothing. Like, she was so quiet. She... Like, you never saw her. She wouldn't do anything, and they would be writing they all these. They world tours. When they show those videos of them in Australia and stuff, like, they're just such a beautiful couple, so elegant, so classy. She is so smart, very well-spoken. She really would have, like, you could have had a dream team here, like, utilizing Will and Kate with Meghan and Harry could have been amazing. Um, also, just, like, how toxic these journalists are, like, aren't you tired and bored of writing such horrible things about other people? Like, I know that it's just catering to people's desire for hate and gossip, but, like, honestly, it's so boring. Like, the more I see articles about people tearing down women, it's just, like, I'm over it. Like, write something more interesting. Um, But that's besides the point. Yeah. Um, I mean, I hope that I feel like I'm happy they did the interview because I feel like it was so liberating. I feel like they're still getting a lot of criticism because, like, people like fucking Pierce Morgan still exist. But I feel like it was such a great opportunity. I think, like, they're still obviously facing facing criticism, like, post the interview because people like Pierce Morgan exist. But I think ultimately, like, the interview was so great for them because they just got to tell their side of the story. I mm-hmm. mean, without, like, I don't think without, like, excessively, like, pointing fingers. They're just trying to explain, like, they were hey, very careful. we didn't, we would have given our son a, a title. Like, we would have done this. We would have done that. But we weren't allowed to. We weren't. Yeah. There were just roadblocks. And so. Those things were definitely cleared up because I think a lot yeah. of people were like, well, they're stepping. Also, the clarification that they were stepping back, not stepping down. Yeah. Um, you know, they kind of just wanted to be at the same level as, like, Princess Eugenie and Princess Beatrice. Yeah, like, they you know, said, kind of, they, like, backup royals. They made the royals. point where, like, there are royals that that exist right. the way that we wanted to, but I don't know. That's, yeah. Um, also, I think what's hard about the interview is, as I was watching it, I was like, there is not even a small percentage of the population that can relate to this. Like, there are very select few people that can actually relate to this. So it's very easy for people watching it to, like, pass judgment. But you cannot even, like, remotely try to comprehend what it's like to be in the royal family and have millions and billions of people focused on you. Yeah. Because it's just not something... It's beyond, like, even celebrity, I feel like. Like, it's a whole other level. Oh, it's a whole institution. Um, yeah, so I th- that's why I'm like, it's easy for everyone to sit back here and be like, well, you should have expected this. You should have known. And it's like, we have no idea what it's like to be in yeah, their shoes. People lack basic compassion, and I find it remarkable. I found it, ast- it, really I find it astounding. I'm like, you, like, let's let's have 
understanding. Let's have compassion before we start passing judgment. What What is it about glass houses? Don't throw rocks, whatever. I don't, don't know. Don't throw rocks from a glass house. Yeah, I don't know. Something. Don't, throw rocks if don't you live in a glass just house. control yourself. We don't know the saying. I don't know. But basically, like, <laughs> basically control don't throw yourself rocks. online. Yeah. I mean, I still question, you know, what the, not the purpose of the interview was. I mean, of course, like they wanted to tell their story as a nosy little bitch. Like, of course I ate it all up. I still question why they did it because to me, it's stirring the pot. And if they really wanted to make amends with their family, I think this just put a big dagger into that. I mean, maybe this is what they felt like they needed to do to get their attention. But at the same time, they talk about how they kind of want to just live this, not necessarily secluded lifestyle, but, you know, stepping back from the spotlight and, you know, you're doing an interview with Oprah. So I, I still sit here and think, is this really doing more harm than good? You also raise the issue that you don't, have the security from the Royals. Now, granted, they do have security, but I'm sure it's not to the extent that they would have had they gotten security from the Royal family. Like they got like MI6, which is like the equivalent of the FBI in um, America, but they got MI6 on their side, like protecting the Royals. Like I'm sure they don't have that here in America. So I think even raising those issues on national television is a security threat. And, you know, I, I question like, are you just stirring the pot in the family drama? I totally understand that. Like, it, I get that. At the same time, I, again, I think this comes back to we cannot even begin to understand. And they yes. have had no part in the narrative this whole time. They have right. been so quiet for most of this that I think that they were just fed up and were like, let's just like clear some things out and get some things clarified because – it really is like spun negatively towards them, and I think they're just tired of it. But I understand, yeah. like, why don't you just? But I think like go off and live your life. But yeah, like we're sitting here and we're obviously on their side. But I think like the people who have been against Megan, like Pierce Morgan and others, like I don't think this is really helping their case. Do you know what I mean? Like I think this almost makes things worse. But yeah, I just think they don't care anymore for, about the people who aren't on their side. Yeah. They just want to like clarify, I, like get their story out there. Yeah, I, I think I brought this up about like, I brought this up too, like, oh, this won't help them make amends to the family. Maybe that that might not be the, the goal. That might not be the ultimate. Right. I mean, you know they're what I mean? certainly. Like, I, I'm assuming like that's just because like I have a healthy relationship with my family and like I don't want to like, I would never want to be in a situation where we're so, we're relationships would be so fraught and fragile but like that's from our perspective right like i'm assuming that like no one would want to have that kind of relationship with their family but like maybe they're just done like they could just very well be done yeah charles like not taking harry's calls and i'm like charles of all people (laughs) literal like scammer of the scammers you know he's the worst of them all the entire time and i'm like and you're mad at harry like jen's grandma hates him Oh, mm. it's only been exacerbated by this issue. <laughs> I have weekly calls with my grandma. I talked to her and like three-fourths of the call was her ranting about Charles. I love that. Like she, Love that for her. <laughs> she doesn't hate anybody, but she hates Charles. 
And Camilla, like by association. But I mean, if you didn't know, Charles is the worst. <laughs> if you didn't know, now you know. Now you know. But I mean, it's sad. I And yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe it's like the desire to make amends with their family is out the door at this point. But certainly if that's their goal, that's not going to happen. No. Um, I'm also, the other thing that I was disappointed to learn in that interview was just the uh, nods to like William not really defending Harry and Meghan either. And well, that's why I, I meme and I'm like, they really don't care anymore. How can your own brother not say anything? You yeah, know, yeah, you're not on my side. I think Adios. William is very much of the institution. Like he's very much For his sure. father's son. Yeah, uh, but he. Granted, he is going to be king one day. Yeah. So you know, right. when you watch he the wants crown, to it's be like king, talking honey, about. Okay, but it's I like, think he's a good person. He's just I, yeah. trying to like play the rules. You know, yeah. I don't yeah. think he means to be a bad person. He's just trying not to cause trouble. Yeah, yeah. and it's I just think, disappointing. You know, if you watch the crown, I think one of the key themes of that show is like duty to the crown above all. And I, you know, it's apparent here, like Meghan and Harry don't have that same mindset like their duty to them each other and to their family is above all else as it probably should be but again like harry is not going to be king like william is going to be king so it's like his duty to the crown to the institution is above all else and it's apparent in how they're not um handling this situation well but in doing that it also damages the crown so Mm. they should have thought about that messy it's funny because i watch the crown as if it's like legit like as if it's like a vlog or something yeah. you know, they legit said this word for word yeah. like even yeah. though i know it's like but i think stylized. it does like shed light on how toxic the institution is for sure so. anyway we have exhausted cute. this subject yeah. good luck I'm sure harry and megan yeah also oh, yeah. like I'll aren't you gonna be a cute little california oh my God. boy and they're love gonna have it. a little girl oh my God. a little girl oh, yeah we're here cry. for it Cute. I love it. I love little girls. And they have little chickens in their backyard. I'm yeah. like, their house is so nice. Also, Neighbors wait, with Oprah. the fact that Tyler Perry was like, come and stay Here's at my, my house. house. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, someone wow. said, like, Medea hosted Prince Harry. <laughs> I would have just, like, moved in there and stayed there. I was like, why don't you just stay at Tyler Perry's forever? Because he has great security, probably. Yeah. yeah. He's so rich, you know? He'll take care of you. Yeah. I was like, it. they live down the street That would be the Oprah. ultimate flex. Megan and Harry live at my house. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like mm, his same. royal highness. Oh, or actually not, not HRH anymore. I'm so sorry. Too soon. That's the other thing. Them taking away security from Prince Harry. I'm like Prince Harry will never not be Prince Harry. Yeah. I don't care what titles you take away. Like he don't he got a last name, man. He just Prince Harry. Harry. Yeah, yeah he's exactly. Literally. He's the most famous Harry. Yeah. True. Besides the other Harry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Your quick Harry. spoiler alert as well is um my hero this week is Prince Harry because I think. You know, of course, obviously, it was very courageous for Meghan to talk about her struggles and everything. But I think, as we mentioned, like, for Harry to do this and to go against his own family and everything that he's brought up with. To stand um, by his It was wife. really admirable. And, yeah. That's, like, um, hot stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I'm into gingers now. But, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he's my hero because I think for him to be doing this and, like, speaking out against his family is, like, extra admirable. So, we need more mm-hmm. lo- we need more men like this, you know? Yeah. We need more men like Harry. Um anyway, 
kind of a hard pivot. Hard pivot. But the bachelor, bachelor finale. I kind of like don't even want to talk about like what went down. You want me but, to just like, like cover quick like recap highlight? Here I, we go. I mean, like I don't want to cover what went down in the episode. Quick recap of what happened in the episode. He dumps Michelle. Hashtag justice for Michelle. Um, goes through this whole dilemma of, like, do I propose? Do I not propose? And then, obviously, he doesn't propose, but chooses Rachel anyway. And then after the How final How is that rose, allowed? That was never allowed before. They always get engaged. I think there's pressure to get engaged. And, you know, honestly, I kind of get it. Like, if you think that you're probably going to end up with somebody, you might as well propose on The Bachelor because then you get the nice ring out of it. Right. So... Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It was kind of interesting. Um, it was sort of bizarre to watch. So, like, Matt and Rachel got together. He was like, go steady with me. And she was like, okay, I love you. And then he was like, I love Did you, Did he too. legit say go steady? No, 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 no. But that he was, was the like, conclusion I think you'll be show. my wife, but I'm just, like, not ready. He's like, yeah. the easy thing He's to like, do He's like, I want to leave here you. with you. I want to yeah. leave here with you, was what he said. Um, and they were together for, like, two months. And then the initial stuff about the antebellum party began to surface just sort of as rumors online i think sort of like in the tiktok format and matt Mm. i think in his head tried to deny those and also just dismiss them as like rumors and then when the photos came out and he talked to rachel about it she was like what like just a party i don't know like whatever she said like she didn't think it was a big deal like uh, like Mm. in january she told matt she was like i don't get what the big deal is um and i think that was like the downfall and like where things began to crumble and dissolve and wow and he they ended up he ended up breaking things off with her um and she said i'd be so hurt if somebody said that emmanuel like yeah i was young and effed up no emmanuel acho who did a great job hosting after the final rose by the way fantastic like he had this presence i heard he did a great job Uh, he was like just bringing this energy he was like rachel did you were you worried about these photos coming out and he was like, did you lose any sleep over it? And she was like, I never thought about it once. Like, she didn't realize how bad it was and never considered yeah. it being damaging. Um, and that was kind of, like, I think the interesting thing for me, hearing that. And then just, like, when they were – they came out together during After the Final Rose, the awkward silences. Like, they didn't – they let those silences hang. Like, they didn't cut them. There were mm. certain silences – uh, where Matt ha- just had no words, and it was just so uncomfortable. And it was really sad to see how hurt he was. And I think she was hurt, yeah. too, and I think she still loves him, but it's I not think- his responsibility to yeah, to deal with that baggage and to be like, I don't know how to, like, tell you or... I don't know how, like, I can't, I feel like for him, it's like, how can he be someone, be with someone who doesn't understand how racist... Mm-hmm. That action was going to an old South antebellum party. Um, I don't know. So uh, it was sad. Um, but yeah, Michelle and Katie are the new Bachelorettes. They're getting yes. two seasons of the Bachelorette. I'm very excited. I'm so happy because like justice for Michelle. Um, yeah. But I also like really wanted Katie to be Bachelorette too. So best of both yeah. worlds and more content. We love it. Yeah. We're getting two <laughs> seasons of the Bachelorette this year. And I think they are going to try and do Paradise. Yeah. Wow, Plus, Bachelorette is better anyway, in my it opinion. It is, 100%. They're just, like, 
more mature. Um, and they also released all of the guys' names and their Instagram handles on the official or mm. like Bachelorette Facebook page. Have you not seen this, Jen? You're looking at me no, like surprised. No, I haven't. Oh, I saw the post. Someone posted it to the to the Rosecast uh, Facebook mm. group. I think they did this so that they can avoid a Rachel. They're like Kirkconnell. find the drama now. Yeah, they're like find <laughs> no. the the racist photos now so that it doesn't happen uh, after the season's filmed and the guy fucking wins. So yeah, um, that's hysterical. They're Smart. doing it now, which is hilarious. Jackie's so involved in the Bachelor. I am. World. I love I am. it. I'm fully in the franchise just because, like, I'm on Twitter too, so I I get all of the <laughs> other stuff. Like, right. I'm, I'm live tweeting, but then I'm also, like, reading people's tweets during the commercials, and there's so much additional information that you get. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think after the final rose was, it was hard to watch and just sad. Also, by the way, I think Matt should go to therapy. Like, I'm just putting that out there. I think he has a very hard time, like, vocalizing how he feels, but... I think he that, like tweeted about therapy. he tweeted Google therapist near he, me he <laughs> like, like yeah, go yeah. to therapist yeah but he to do I think like yeah. a theme towards the end of the season was also Matt coming to the realization that he's like kind of fucked up about what happened with yeah. his father leaving his mother and like that's something that is having an effect on his ability to commit and I think like this exacerbated like oh you think you know somebody and now you realize you don't know them. And I think to your point, Jackie, like I sort of, as a white woman, like understand how Rachel did something racially insensitive, which was the phrase that Emmanuel used. And I really liked it. I don't Mm -hmm. think Rachel is a racist. I think she's a good person, but she did something racially insensitive and was ignorant to the fact that what she did was not okay. Yeah. And it was racist. And like he and it said, wasn't like, until somebody it, told her, like, hey, that's racist, was she then like, oh, that's racist. And I think that happens with a lot of white people, especially. Like, we just don't realize. And it's terrible. We should realize. And granted, mm-hmm. we're not in the South. So, like, things are different down there. We all kind of know this. I'm sure Rachel at the time was like, I'm going to a party and it's themed and like didn't think twice about it. Like, didn't think about how it wasn't okay. And, like, now she realizes, like, hey, that wasn't okay. And it's, like, an educational moment for her. But in my perception of how Rachel's perspective was, was she saw this as, like, I messed up. This was a mistake. I now know that that wasn't okay. I'm learning that that's not okay. Let's move on. Whereas Matt sitting there, like, the fact that you even thought that that was okay in the first place and, like, you think this is something that we can easily move on from is, like, troubling to him. Yeah. And that's sort of how I saw it. I mean, I am white, so I will never understand what it's like to be a person of color in this country and to experience racism directed towards me. But the best parallel I can make, and I understand that this is not the best, but, like, the best that I can do is related to what it's like to be a woman. And how if you found out that a man that you were dating did some, like, pretty messed up stuff, like, things that were misogynistic or sexist, and, like, you found out that they did that three years ago and they were like, oh, I just didn't know better. I now know that that's not okay. Let's move on. Would it be so easy for you to move on with that person? Probably not. And that's sort of the best that I can do and related to experiences that I can have to understand where Matt is coming from. So I get why he can't 
move on with her. And I feel like she I, still was holding out hope that maybe yeah. they could move on together. I think he was Matt deeply probably, hurt. I, yeah, I think Matt probably, like, in his heart has forgiven her, but he may have forgiven her. Um, just because, like, he, he, like, talks about, like, how he's, like, a Christian and, like, you know, forgiveness is, like, an important thing. And it seems mm-hmm. like he doesn't have, like, this sort of, like, he wasn't, like, visibly, like, angry with her. Like, he was, you know, I think he's probably forgiven her. But that doesn't mean that, like, that that everything is okay. Like, there's still that bitterness. And that stuff, that's something that stings. It's like, he he may have forgiven her, but that doesn't mean that he wants to be with her anymore. It's like, it's hard. Right. That, that stuff you can't take back. You can't, you can't undo that. And so right. it would be incredibly difficult for him to try and continue in that relationship because every time you look at this person, like you can't help but like have these other thoughts come up and have these other actions right. come up. And it's like, I don't want to be, I, I can't be in that. So, yeah. And I think a fair point that Matt brought up as well is like, at this point, when you're dating somebody and he's looking for somebody he can marry and like start a family with. And the truth is if Matt and Rachel were to get married and have children, their children would be partially black. And so she really needs to understand the implications of her actions and her actions going forward. If she's going to have black children, the truth is at this time, I don't think she does. And even if he's forgiven her for that, like you said, Jackie, it's still sort of like this resentment and like this bitterness that is hard to get past. So oh, just wanted to quickly touch on that, but um excited for Michelle and Katie and Bachelor in Paradise. Yeah. Also, a quick announcement was made that Chris Harrison will not be returning for the time being and that oh, uh, yeah. Caitlin Bristow and Tisha are going to be taking over as hosts. So ooh, ooh, excited ooh. to see that. I know. But. We're going to breeze through these. This is a long episode. We have a lot to catch up on. Um, you know? Yeah. Well, I just wanted to talk about Grey's Anatomy. Spoiler warning. Okay? The, I don't even watch the show anymore because I feel like the show has gotten to a point where, like, I, I saw the actual seasons that mattered. Okay? I saw when uh, McDreamy, unfortunately, left this, uh, died. Okay? He died. All right? He's dead. Derek Shepard is <laughs> dead. Jackie, maybe not everyone has seen it. Well, I you can spoiler, cut this part alert. out. Spoiler. It was that season alert. eleven. That that season came out years ago. Okay, if you haven't seen it, <laughs> bro, even I know. I haven't seen I, it. I know. We all yeah, know. Yeah, like we we all know he's dead, right? Like I feel like I saw like all of those important seasons, and everything else that has followed has sort of been less consequential. However, spoiler alert. Okay, if you are still listening, don't listen to this. Spoiler. alert. If you're still watching the current season, yeah. It is a, if you're spoiler. still, it's a spoiler. But like, whatever. Okay, they fucking killed, uh, what's his face? Andrea De Luca. De Luca. Okay, I'm really 
pissed. I'm very upset about this. In a stupid way, too. He was stabbed, which, like, ugh, it's whatever. I mean, oh, I didn't, didn't know that. that. Sorry. Spoiler. I just, um, no, I just saw that he was killed and I was, I quickly moved on because I was like, yeah. I, I do want to keep watching. Um, even though it's not as good, what I just, like, have to know what goes on. <laughs> what upset me is that the actor was didn't even want to leave the show. They just, like, killed him off because, I don't that know, so that, Ma- so that, lot, so yeah. that Meredith could be together with that other guy. Um, maybe, like, <sighs> I don't know, that's what I read online. they were like, even together. I know, but, like, eliminating, like, the first love that Meredith had posed Derek, like, would enable Meredith to fully move on. Although Meredith is, whatever. Why does everybody Meredith loves have to die though? <laughs> like, is she okay? Like, <laughs> no, she's every, not. everyone on this show is not okay. I didn't like Meredith and Deluca together anyway because it was didn't. just a little I thought it was weird. weird to every me. time they talked to each other in Italian, I was like, get a room. Like, I don't want to see this. It's it was cringy. really weird, and there was no like sexual chemistry for me. Um, yeah, but the last season before this season, Deluca had like he had good material to be honest. Yeah. He, was dealing with some mental health struggles and mm-hmm. I feel like had just kind of in the more most recent season come over it yeah. a little bit or like gotten the help that he needs to handle his mental health better. Um, so that's why I was like, why would you kill him right at this moment when he like went through such a big character development, like moved on from Meredith. They were in a better place where they were like, we're friends and we're here to support each other. Yeah. And like you're getting help and you're getting healthy. So I didn't understand it. I'm a little annoyed. The only thing I can justify is maybe it's the last season and they're just going to end up killing everybody. Oh, God. If Meredith dies wow. at the that's they have their... not announced whether this will be the last but season or not. I just not. feel like they can't it's I don't want Meredith to die because her kids already lost a father. No, Meredith won't die. I think they're going to end it like where she's in a good place. I don't think she'll die. I hope so. I also kind of think this might not be the last season just because it is like a COVID season. And I yeah, have they want to end like, it on a regular note. On a different note. Yeah. But yeah. the yeah, show has to end. Been... I'm sorry. I, I well, they already passed your, to the point feelings. where they could have ended it in a way that would have made everybody happy. You know, like you already passed the point yeah. where you could have had a good ending because you're mm-hmm. so deep into it that it's just like not good anymore. Yeah. So whatever they do, I'm not going to be happy about. But isn't that the worst? Yeah. They also like a series ruined. just goes on too long and then it like gets ruined. Yeah, it's been ruined since season eleven. Honestly, since season ten, season eleven wasn't even good. Yeah. So. It's been ruined for a while, but... This is the first death in a while that I've been annoyed with, like, truly have been, like, aggravated with. I was pretty annoyed when Alex left. He didn't die, but I was mad. He should have died instead. Like, he should have just died. Yeah. Rather than the ending that they gave him, like, they should have just killed him off. The ending was so That would have been more appropriate than totally ruining a 16-season character arc. But anyway, Yeah, it just didn't make sense with who he was. Also, Justin Chambers, like, let's be real. What are you going to do besides Grey's Anatomy? Like, nothing. Let's be real, honey. You peaked. He could have done two more seasons. Like, you almost made it to the end. Why like Catherine Heigl, too. It was like... Like, she went on to do, like, rom-coms and stuff. Like she did 27 dresses. dresses, all right? Great movie, by the way. Not, like, you know, critically acclaimed, but, you know, comfort but, movie. No, she but did it's some like, good, that was it. fun movies. She's back in she stuff. She thought she was going to have, like, yeah. a better career than yeah. she did. You thought, honey? But honestly, she was getting annoying on Grey's, yeah, so she had so to go. Annoying. After yeah, she cut fair. that Elvad wire, I was like, girl, you gotta go. Like, we need to get out of <laughs> she here. She not okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, we digress. I'm just annoyed. This is the first death in a while that has hit me hard. Um, so, 
Yeah, I not many people about have it. died in a while, to be honest. Though no, it's been it, it's right? been lower stakes. Yeah, I can't think of like a main character who died recently. Who was that intern that died that got electrocuted? Um, oh yeah, it was that was like the last big Brooke. one. I feel it, Brooks. Brooks. But Derek was still there. Did she die? Yeah, that was died? even before. That was like that was season eight or something. Oh, or never mind. Nine. This. Yeah. Maybe that was just like odd. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other people who died that I was like, why? There is no point in you dying. But anyway, anyway, Grays. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is new. I wanted to talk about the Grammys because wow, what a night. Um, I feel like the Grammys themselves was weird, obviously, because of COVID and. There was a lot more. I thought it was emphasis. well done, actually. Yeah, I think there was I like a lot the more intimate dinner vibes that they gave. Yeah, I was. I thought they did a good job, all things considered. Yeah, the best was when they were panning the room, and then it was like, wait a second, Beyonce and Jay Z are there, and they looked like the most celebrity celebrities ever, like all black, I that. I little was like, tiny oh, glasses. Beyonce. <laughs> I literally like shuddered. I was like, the queen, she's arrived. Um, I I'll just you know. Maybe this is a hot take for our hot takes, but it was too long. All the award shows, it's just too long. I didn't watch Granted, it's like they have to have a lot of commercials because like prime television, you got to get that ad space out there. I get it. But like, holy shit, it went to like almost midnight from eight o'clock. Like anybody got time for that? But I just want to give a couple of quick shout outs if that's okay. Um... One, just want to talk about Bruno Mars and I forgot who the guy he was with was, but like the Silk Sonic duo, I'm here for that, okay? I'm here for that. I want more of that. So just quick shout out there, but. It's Anderson Pack. Okay. I believe it's P-A-A-K. I don't know how that's properly pronounced. Yeah. To be honest, I've never heard of him before, but I'm here for this duo. So kind of hoping that more comes out of that. Um, Megan the Stallion won big. Um, so shout out to her as well, but the whole night I was very, um, pessimistic about Taylor Swift and just like, you know, Harry, our boy, Harry, he won his first Grammy and that was like really exciting. Um, also just Watermelon Sugar, in my opinion, is like definitely not the best song on Fine Line. It's catchy, but like, it's just kind of funny that like, that's the song that he won a Grammy for when... I feel like he's put out so much else that's so much better. Um, and his performance is branded in my brain. Branded. <laughs> like that little like thing that he did with the backup dancers. The little, yeah, little hip like, thrust. I was like, yeah. swoosh. Choreography. Yeah. I, it was so hot. I mean, everything he does is hot, but like branded into my memory right now. Um, just like our little BB's growing up, guys. He's growing up. Um. But yeah, I, you know, the whole night was just super pessimistic about like Taylor winning anything. She kept losing out. She like lost out to her for song of the year, lost to Harry, um, lost to Dua Lipa, who like, I'm here for Dua Lipa, but I was still a little salty. And I was getting really upset because she was nominated for album of the year. And like Folklore was the album of the year, you know, like that got me through 2020. So I was just feeling very pessimistic about it. And somehow they pulled out that win. And I just like couldn't be happier because it's just so well deserved. And I can kind of tell that she was feeling a little like disappointed throughout the night. But I'm here for it. 
I mean, she shouldn't be disappointed because, I don't know, maybe she was, but the Grammys love Taylor. She wins so many Grammys. I knew that she would win Album of the Year. I just felt But she's been that... slighted in, like, recent years. Has she? Opinion. I feel like she's She hasn't won, won since, like, 1989. Well, because c- her album before this wasn't good. Reputation well, sucked. But, like, yeah, Lover so was good. Yeah, so she shouldn't have won. Oh, Lover was good, yeah. Yeah, I think Lover um, was nominated, but it didn't win. Which, like, again, it. like, what is it going to take, like, for her to win Song of the Year? That's yeah, a I mean, song. Dua, like, Dua Lipa had a more pop album than Taylor, so I understand that. And her song is incredible. Her is a star. She will be a longtime star, yeah. so I think she should have won for sure. Um, but yeah, Harry, I was surprised because I was like, he's not going to win against all these other people that everybody likes more. Because Harry's not like a radio hit guy. Yeah. Like Watermelon Sugar was a radio hit, but most of his songs aren't. Yeah. So I, Which I, I enjoy. was very. Yeah, when he won, I was like, oh my God. My I think Adore You is better, Harry. though. Hmm? Adore You is better, in my opinion. And that was a radio song, but. That's true. I mean, yeah, it's hard because I do find Watermelon Sugar so fun. So it is hard. Yes. It's definitely not like my favorite favorite. I love Lights Up, to be honest. Oh, same, um, same. Uh, so yeah, I was just, I was surprised. But overall cute. Love it. Yeah, it was great. And then, of course, last shout out of the night, like Beyonce, no tying for um, an artist who has won the most Grammys ever um, and is the woman who has won the most Grammys ever. And like, I saw a tweet that was, like 28 Grammys still isn't enough for Beyonce. Like that woman can do anything that she sets her mind to and she will excel. So I'm here for the queen taking over and uh, just shout out to Beyonce always, always. And yeah. Anything else before we wrap up? I think that's it for me. Long I think somehow episode. we've uh, reached the end. Somehow. Yeah. Well, thank you all again for tuning in to this extended episode. But, you know, it's been two weeks. We had a lot to cover and a lot of thoughts, as always. Um, We appreciate you listening. Uh, If you have anything you want to reach out to us about, whether it's how you're feeling about this episode, episode ideas, funny memes, etc., you can catch us at Her Take Podcast on Instagram, at Her Take Pod on Twitter. And we'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. Stay home. Stay safe. Ciao.